All right. Looks like it's going. Okay. So we've been talking about money and how that relates to our emotional needs and how it relates to our relationships. And what we've found is ironically, it controls a great deal of how we react to each other and react to the outside world and to our friends. Last week, um, just a quick review. We talked about a lot of really scary statistics about debt in our country, um, just how much debt on average that all of us as Americans are holding. I think the scary part was mortgage debt in California was an average of over $230,000. So $347,000 on average if you just look at mortgage debt in the state of California. I know some of us are above average on our mortgage, but... <laughs> it's all right, it's all right. Some of us are high achievers, right? Um, we talked about... Uh, we talked about how we learn our money habits and what we do. We talked about how as high schoolers we graduate and we learn a little bit from our parents about what to do or what not to do and then we're just kind of tossed out in the world to figure it out as we go. Um, no real training. I don't think, I, I didn't have any official training. No one sat me down and said, here's how you balance a checkbook. Here's how you manage credit cards. Here's what they're trying to do to you. Uh, I never saw any of those kind of things. Um, they don't teach you how to budget. They don't teach you how to plan. Uh, all of us are just tossed out in the world to figure it out on our own. Um, the last thing we talked about were typical stereotypes typical stereotypes that you see in life, such as, uh, what, was the one, what was one of the stereotypes we talked about? We had the spender and the saver. We talked about how in each couple, typically one's a spender, one's a saver. Very rarely do you find that both are savers or both are spenders. Usually it's an opposite attracts kind of thing. Uh, we talked about the free spirit versus uh, the rule, the nerd. the nerd or the rule, <laughs> the rule follower. Um, and then we shared a little bit on of our own history as far as where we learned what we know um, and what we learned growing up in our own houses, uh, what was modeled for us. Um, so, and then, so this week we're going to talk about our emotional needs. Um, we spend a lot of time in this class talking about our emotional needs and how they interact with just how they interact with our lives and how those emotional needs, how we react out of those emotions uh, with other people, how we react to our spouse, uh, and how to handle those kinds of things. Um, so one of the things that uh, we found was an interesting quote. I don't know if any of you have heard of a guy by the name of Larry Burkett. Those of you who have been in the church for a while have probably heard of him. Um, he has unfortunately passed away, but he was a longtime Christian financial counselor, um, wrote many books, very smart man. Um, anyways, he made, has this quote, money problems are normally not the problem. <coughs> Instead, are only a symptom of a personal shortfall. So in other words, large amounts of money or the lack of money only magnifies who we really are which is kind of a staggering thought. Um, we've all seen the TV and it talks about the guy who just won the lot, the guy or gal who just won the lottery, $500 million, 
They spend half of it paying the paying the tax man, and now they got two hundred fifty million dollars to go spend. And five years later, they're broke, and they have nothing, and they've lost it all. Um, we've certainly all all been in or been in a position where we never had enough money, or scrapping to find money and to live and just to subside, to just to subside, and that brings out other instances. So. The emotional needs, as we've talked about them in the past, have been centered around how we behave, how we relate, and how we communicate with others and to our mates. Um, what I'd like to do is spend a little bit of time talking about some of those emotional needs and how, if you look at them through money, what are some of the common reactions that you see? So, for example, uh, the first one we uh, commonly talk about is acceptance. How do you look at that through a lens with money? Such as, I'll give you an example. Can we accept the means and can we accept the income that we have to live within our means? Are we good with that? Um, can we accept our position in life, so to speak? look at it on an economic scale some people are born into families that are very very wealthy the rest of us are not some of us are okay with that some of us aren't <laughs> what are we going to do about it is it going to be something that cripples us or handicaps us or we become spiteful or vindictive or lead us into a, a, a line of theft criminal behavior, all in an interest to get out of, to change our position. Um, Romans 15.7 says, accept one another, then just as Christ has accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. If we don't accept our financial position, our financial situation, in our relationship between each other, now she can do things and do, maybe do things right, but I'm always mad because we're not where I think we should be. And I'm not making the kind of money I should make, or I don't have enough toys, or it's hard to make the house payment this month. Yeah. Can I answer? Yeah. Yeah. Um, from acceptance is huge. It's it's accepting where you are. Um, especially when, as human beings, we all have the tendency to play the compare game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I think of growing up, um, in, in my country and in my tribe, uh, I think I've shared in class before that when somebody's engaged, we used to say, not your fiance, your finance. <laughs> wow. That was, that was a deliberate, like, um, Yes, deliberate what did you say? My finance. I'd like you to meet my finance. Oh my God. Yes, and that's acceptable. That was acceptable. Was that was their culture. That's that, and it still okay. leads to a lot of uh, extent. And I remember wow. a, a song um, when translated, uh, just a contemporary song that was uh, was a hit, which was the wife that leaves the husband because of money. Then when he when he does make money. She comes back begging for her place. Yeah. That was a contemporary song in the culture. Yeah. So there, there is a lot of there are a lot of issues around just even accepting ourselves mm -hmm. as an individual. And then 
getting into the blame game in the relationship because we're not doing as well as maybe our peers yeah. uh, that we went to school with or, you know, or even other family members. Exactly. You know, as, your, as your siblings and you all grow up and become adults, um, it's been interesting to watch my dad. My dad is one of three. And I would say all three of his brothers and sisters have been pretty successful. Uh, they all, all have lived a good life. But it's been interesting to watch. Um, as I became an adult, I was able to look back and look at their lives and see different things. And as I grew up and was told and informed on things and learned about decisions that they made or didn't make, some of it was stories being told to me from my grandparents. Some of it was my dad filling me in, oh, well, this is what was really going on when that happened. I was a little kid, so I saw results or effects, but I didn't know what was really going on. Um, and so you learn some of that stuff and it changes your perception of how, uh, how successful they were or how great you thought they were or bad they thought they were. Because you thought they were making a really bad decision, but maybe that was, maybe that was the only decision they had. I would say the other part of acceptance, I think for me, is peer pressure. Even in our 40s, you know, people do things. You're like, oh, I wish I could do that too. Oh, well, we can do that. We can just do it this way, but it's not really in the budget. That's okay. Because you're not shamed. If, I mean, not that you should be shamed, but you don't feel shame necessarily for putting it on a credit card. Oh, we'll pay it off in 10 months. Or, But then something ten else years. happens. Yeah, 10 years later. <laughs> um, you know, so peer pressure, I think, is a big thing because you do want that acceptance not just from your spouse, but from your relationships as well. Um, and I know right now we have some friends that they have friends that are going on a trip to the Bahamas for his 40th birthday party, and they're being guilted into spending $3,500 to go on this trip with him for his 40th birthday. The other, the that, other but... gentleman's 40th birthday, and. We, we met with this couple last week, and they said, oh, no, that's absurd. We're not going to do that. And then David and I were talking about it, and I said, you just watch. We're going to meet up with them next week, and they're going to be closer to going than not going. We saw them yesterday. Oh, you know, we were at their house, and they said, oh, you deserve it, and you should do this, and, you know, we can get the price down a little bit, so you can totally go do it. I'm like, we're kind of thinking about going. It went from $3,500 to $2,500. Oh, really good. Well, at least that's better. <laughs> <laughs> at the same time, they still don't have the money for it. They don't have the money to go. They're still putting it on a credit card. They're going to go and enjoy a week, and then they're going to come back to $2,500 plus interest. That's now a burden that will eventually come between them and their relationship. And we just don't stop and think about you know, the peer pressure and the acceptance that is very important to us to feel even from our peers. You know, if they're doing it, hey, we all want to go have fun. Absolutely, we all want to go and have fun. But is that worth the stress and the burden? Well, you don't see. So this friend of their friends, they're all, if you watch just their Facebook page, they're all over the place, gallivanting all across the countryside, doing all kinds of amazing things. That if you looked at it just as the picture, as the snapshot, would say, wow, they are really lucky. They're really blessed. They're whatever. I can't believe that. I want, I want to be like that. But if you knew all the behind the scenes stuff, now all of a sudden you don't really want to be like that. I mean, you don't want their life. And it's not as rosy as you see. It's, it highlights, I'm not going to give it away, but it highlights a point that, that Pastor Ray made 
quick passing point he made in his uh, sermon today, or will make for those of you who haven't heard it, but I'll leave it at that. So the next one. So uh, affection. Do you love me or the lifestyle or the stuff? I just repeat what I said earlier. This is pretty much what Leona said, you know? It's not, it's not my fiance, it's my finance. <laughs> um, how many of us base our, our love on what they give us? You think of, uh, what is it? Um, the five love languages. Gifts is a big love language. A lot of people's love cup is filled through the giving of gifts. That's me, just telling everybody. Uh, also his daughter. It's his daughter, too. Yeah. He comes by it naturally. Um, and she is your gift, right? So That's right. So your cup is full. <laughs> it's full, all right. You're right about the full part. <laughs> but, but if you're not able to give those gifts, or if they're not as big and as grand as the person receiving them is expecting, how many of us would change the way we feel about the person based upon what they're able to give? Ouch. Yeah, that was a conversation I was having with my daughter about dating. I said, sometimes you can meet a guy that can genuinely like you, but it's up to you how you start that relationship. Because if you start out giving, 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 eventually you'll start expecting it. You know, if, yeah, you can be nice, hey, let's go to have lunch, and you say, oh, I'll, I'll pay for it. You know, depending on the guy, you may say, go ahead. And then the next day, then go ahead. You know, yeah. you buy him stuff for Christmas, oh, okay, he didn't get you anything, you know. So I said, just be careful how you start it off, you know. And then now it's all about what he can get from you, you know. Yeah. So you shouldn't kind of really wait. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We, we train people so Matthew 6 21 for where your treasure is there will your heart be also Ouch. <laughs> right? but it's easy it's easy to get trapped in that because we live in a society that is full of stuff and uh you know, Dave and I have been going through our home for the last two years, and you know, we've been there about 27 years, and we've been going through for the last two years remodeling. We've been there 27 years. That's 27 years worth of stuff. And we've been going through and tossing and tossing and tossing everything, and it's freeing to get rid of all the stuff that we've gotten rid of. I can't honestly tell you what all we got rid of, yeah. I know I some of it's it. at Paul's cabin, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got rid of like a couch and stuff, and they took it. Um, but at the time of gathering, it felt like it was a major thing I needed, and a lot of it was acceptance of, oh, you know, somebody's going to come over, I've got to have that, or oh, we've got to have a new couch because we're going to have family over this this holiday, and. You know, in the end, when you're getting rid of it all, you're like, I bet they don't even remember. But at the time, it was important because I needed the acceptance from, you know, it has to look good. Yeah. Freeing to get rid of it all. <laughs> the next one is appreciation. This is kind of like being grateful for what we have or what we don't have. Being content. Um, 
Hebrews 13, 5. Be content with what you have. That's really, really hard. I have a really hard time with that. I see the next newest truck, the next nicest hot rod, whatever it is. Like, oh, yeah, I need one of those. I need that in my garage. All you got to do is look at the price tag and get over it. Yeah, <laughs> fast. Especially the trucks. Can you explain a little bit more, like what, so your love language is gifts, and just so I can understand that, because I think that I can be judgmental to people um, who maybe have that different, like if you talk about it in, in love language ways, I get, you know what I mean, like, or, mm -hmm. and part of that is very much from where I came from, and how, you know, gifts was never going to be a love language for me for the most part, or actually I think maybe I did have somebody who, who sort of gave to me in that way growing up, and I didn't. I just didn't validate it. Either it just doesn't work for me, or I had other things going. And it might not work. That said, like to me, that it was like I felt like I was being bought or bribed. And that um, might very well not be your love language. So what's the positive? Like, it was probably, I mean, probably, you know, I'm not sure I can go around. Hmm, I'm gonna choose how I want to, you know, <laughs> feel <coughs> appreciated or valued or whatever. But it's easy for me to be judgmental, and I'd rather understand. You know what I mean? So what? Understand. So one is gifts, one is spending time, one is, I'm sorry? Quality time, Quality. words of affirmation, acts of service, and what's the fifth one? Touch. So you very well not have the, you may, you may not have the love language of gifts that you feel that that's how you feel appreciated and loved. For David, the kids know, you know, dad loves gifts. So for his birthday, we bought him, my dad loves gadgets. Like he, anything you can get him, he loves it. So we got him an Apple Watch for Father's Day. He loves that thing. He was playing it all night. He was like, ooh, it's like that. He like, he was all greedy about it. Mom, if we got that for mom, she'd be like, She's like, that's a very cool paperweight. Mom, if you only spend the day in San Francisco with her, just walking around, talking about life, she will have the best time in the world. So do you feel like so, people understand you or have thought about you? Or, I mean, not or, to say that my you, dad wouldn't like spending time with me because my dad would too. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> I'm off. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm laughs> I know that I, my brother, my little brother, and I like to get things for my parents because I mean I love getting things in return. Like my parents got me coffee this morning. I was like, oh my gosh, coffee! And I love Starbucks, and they bought me coffee. I felt so grateful for that. I loved that they wanted to give me coffee, and they offered it. I didn't have to ask for anything. My dad, my little brother, and I have decided that we like to, since we can afford to, we would like to buy things for <coughs> parents that they wouldn't buy for themselves. Just because it's not financially responsible, it's it's a, a splurge. Pleasure. It's a splurge, not a necessity. It's a want, not a necessity. So my brother and I want to give those things to my parents. And my dad, my mom wouldn't know that, but I want my dad buying a whole bunch. Like it's not, it's, <laughs> it's not financially. It doesn't make no, right. sense to buy it because you don't. Which need I forgot to plug in, so I can't wear that watch. Mm -hmm. Sure. But if she wants to know it. How does it make you feel, David? To know how does does Anne ever tell me if this is what you're saying? Does Anne ever feel judgy today? No, exactly. I'm not asking if she does. No, I'm just admitting that I, I care because yeah. I feel like she my partner who doesn't come here 
I, I identify a lot with what you share, so I just mm -hmm. kind of so, want to get some insight and understand yeah. because it can be a, a source of friction. Absolutely. And if I'm being judgmental or I'm just not maybe, it doesn't click for me, you know what I mean? Because you're not wired that way. Feels that, you know, it doesn't have to be just a man, but, I, you know, just but you're not wired the same way as he is, right? Correct, absolutely. So, and I'm not with him, and so sometimes it does become a source of contention for us. You know, we were looking, <laughs> the truck. <laughs> it's okay, David. About All six right. months ago, what was it? It was a Ford something. Ford Raptor. Ford Raptor. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't even new. It wasn't even new. Yeah, he says cheap. It was $45,000. And I'm sitting in the car. I'm sitting in the car. And he goes, oh, you want to come look at the truck? I'm like, no. <laughs> he goes, oh, come on. Come look at the truck. So we get out, we look at the truck, and he's like, it's only $45,000. I'm like, only $45,000? I said, new but the I, new one sitting next to it was seventy-five. dollars There you go, come on. Give me the price. Price. Hey, brother. He wasn't gonna I said, who needs a $45,000 truck? He only had 20,000 miles on it. Five years old, 20,000? Oh, that's a good Stop, stop. And he says, what does I said, who needs a $45,000 truck? He goes, who doesn't need a $45,000 truck? And I'm like, my budget says we can't do a $45,000 truck. And he's like, but I think we can. And then he's like, I'm just kidding. I'm like, okay, now that my blood pressure's up here. Now he's kidding. We will probably end up with a truck one of these days. Brian? I prefer the older trucks compared to the newer ones because... But they're just as expensive. But look at... Yeah, he's past wanting to repair. So back to he's done the old truck. But to your point, as being the person whose love language is gifts, it was really it took me a long time to get to a point where I was okay with whatever she was willing to give because I had my own ideas. I felt like I was pretty good at giving hints. These are the things I like at Christmas time. None of those things would show up. It wasn't because she was trying to stab me with something or to squash my desires. It was more she was grounded in what we could afford and what was realistic, and she got me what she wanted to do, and I had to become okay with that. And that took me a while. It took me a long time. Um, still not totally I, there. Still not totally there, but, and it was easy for me to look at other people, related or not, wow, look at their dad just got them. I ran into a, one of the guys I work with, not not as an employee, but he leases property from one of the parks I manage. This kid graduated from high school last or uh, in June. Got a full ride scholarship to Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo. Very smart kid. He bought him an eighty five thousand dollar Ford Raptor truck. That was his graduation present. This guy makes a buttload of money. Eighty five grand apparently is no big deal. It's that truck. I'm like, dude, can I be one of your kids? But you hear that stuff. And it was really, really easy for me to look around and go, 
and have a pity party. Come on, Lars, what the heck? Why can't I have that kind of a dad? <laughs> or somebody needs Make to bestow sense. that on me, you know, and feel sorry for myself, wallow around in self-pity for a while. Um, and it's only through this class and my relationship with the Lord that I've begun to get out of that and stop looking so much at me. Because for me, gifts was a very selfish thing. I didn't really care what anybody else got. As long as I got what I was looking for, life was good. Um, hang on. Oh. Go ahead. Okay, so I'm sorry, I'm a little disoriented. So this, what we're talking about is love languages and financial matters. Well, emotional needs and finances. And so it came, it, the five love languages have come up because... Only came up because we were talking about acceptance, okay. appreciation, those so kinds of I things. Wanna, speak to what she was talking about earlier mm -hmm. so um my husband's love language is giving me stuff i don't like a lot of stuff i don't need a lot of stuff i have and things that the things that i won't need he will never give me he gives me what he wants to give me but i accept it because that's his love language can we, can we have and i and, and i'm like you know what he's really sorry you know like he gave me his car he went out of the way got a really expensive car like all, all that stuff and he went and researched it and everything and he was like all in love with this car and he did something so egregious i'm not going to go over it but you know i was i'm willing to forgive him anyway but he was so sorry that i ended up with his car that he researched and he did this and that and the other for and so that said to me he's really sorry he really loved me because he gave me something that was so important to him it was something that he wanted not i didn't necessarily want it now every once in a while he'll come out there and give me a hard time about this car he's like oh you did this to this car you did that and maybe i'm not showing my love language by treating the car in the manner that he would but it just means a lot so i'm not really a materialistic person but for him to give it to me shows me that, okay, he, this is his only way of saying, hey, I'm sorry and I love you. You know, I didn't mean it. So I just wanted to mention that. And that's something that we've dealt with too in the idea of, okay, so mine is accepting of gifts. Well, naturally hers would be getting gifts, right? Yeah. Well, no, but that was my thinking. Yeah. So yeah, I would buy her stuff all the time. And she'd be like, we don't have the money. I bought her a bunch of roses one Don't. year. <laughs> <laughs> we were newly married. It was 1992. Yeah. Like February 14th. Like, oh my gosh. And, uh, you don't forget this one. Our first Valentine's Day as a married couple. Broke as could be. I went out and I spent $65. You spent 100 Well, they were delivered. So. <laughs> <laughs> A dozen long stem roses, and I had them sent for a Huge box. Huge box. She showed up. What the heck did you do? And she returned them. Oh my God. I used to do that. I used to Well, if anybody can. I drove to Oakland because he didn't even have them delivered from locally. I called somebody. I didn't know where they were. And I returned them. She returned them. <laughs> For a while, I was. You got the charge back. I got sixty-five out of the hundred dollars back. It. Then I was hurt because my gift was not well received and rejected. And then I just got over it because she was right. We didn't have the hundred dollars to spend. We didn't have. It was taking money out of our food budget or out of. <clears throat> making the next car payment or whatever 
to spend that $100 on her. I didn't care. I never looked at that. It was not an issue. I wanted to do something nice for her. That was the only thought that went through my head. But it wasn't her gift. It triggered a bunch of emotional needs. <laughs> yeah, a bunch. Elaine, you had something you wanted to answer. But you had to answer my question because I was going to ask that. Have you ever, in the beginning, did you assume? Yep. Yes, oh, her? totally. You answer that. But I, I think sometimes it took me a long time, probably just yesterday, but it, to get the fact that, to understand that why that person's love language may be gifts yes. or whatever, because it took me a long time to understand affirmation for my husband. You know, until I started really paying attention, like, wow, you know, he was the oldest child growing up. And he did everything. He had a lot of responsibility, so he had a lot of thank you. Oh, thank you for doing this. Oh, you did all, you know. And here I was coming like, that's your reasonable service to go take out the garbage, you know. Or, because the Bible says you're the head, you're supposed to do it. So that's what it was my mentality, you know. So, but when I understood, you know, how his family. You know, regarding him and how his previous wife, who passed away, did the same thing. And then here I came on just so this unappreciative woman. How dare she? Yeah. But that's exactly right. So the next one. Our our love language is everybody else. Oh, very easy. If acts of service is your thing, if if somebody doing something nice for you is what makes you really feel good, you tend to be a servant. So. She left on Marie. She's constantly serving. You look around church or you're at their house or our house, whatever, she's serving. Serving, serving, serving. So guess what, John? What do you think her love language, love language is? It's probably do something nice for her. Do something to serve her. Yeah. So but we, that's yeah, probably not to, John's. Yeah. Right. That's, that's probably not John's love language. It's, you like, like, stuff? Sure. <laughs> 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 about the, the first one, the acceptance, like donations? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, please. I mean, that's a really touching story about the roses. Um, because, I mean, I could see how he could be hurt. Yeah. But at the same time, I bet you he really wanted those roses. I absolutely and it did. you to take them back. That yes. You're, very serious about the finances in the house, and that meant more to you. Well, it was a stress because I I couldn't see how we were going to pay for it. And you know, in his growing up, gifts and an stuff was well, it wasn't an issue because they would just refinance or they'd get another credit card or you know all those kind of things. And his mom's love language was giving gifts. She loved to give gifts. She and loved getting them too. She loved getting them too. So because she loved getting them, she gave them as well. But his dad, um, that was not his love language, and you better not spend a dime. So she got credit cards and hid them from him. And she got cancer in '94. Went into remission. Got another bout of it in '95. And she died in April of 1995. His dad found that she had eleven thousand dollars in credit card debt and a pile of boxes and stuff for her kids and grandkids that she would never see. That he'd never seen. That he, and he didn't know it was there in the bottom of the closet because he didn't allow her the ability to do that. So she hid it from him. And those are those kind of discussions you need to have with each other because you don't want to be hiding things from your spouse. You want them to 
to know what your love language is and you know yeah the roses thing those emotional needs yeah that was 26 years ago and we can laugh about it now but he's realized it wasn't funny at the time though. <laughs> it was not funny. we can laugh about it now but he knows now I do love flowers I love that he thinks of me when he stops at Safeway and spends 9.99 for roses right you're like at Costco $20. Yeah. He can get me roses 10 times. Hard to times. do it going to prize her because she's always there. But. He can yes. get me roses 10 times for what he paid for those roses. One time. I'm learning. It's hard, but I'm He's learning. learning. 27 years hard. of marriage. He's almost there. <laughs> the noggin's hard, but um, it does happen. You know, but that's, that's what ends up happening is that, you know, you have a need that needs to be filled. Your spouse has a need that needs to be filled. And if it's something you're not talking about, and understanding each other and meeting it in a reasonable way, you're going to go into financial difficulties, which, what does that do? Causes more stress and more burden. And, you know, like we said earlier, it's a symptom of a deeper issue. Your finances are a symptom of the deeper issue. The finances aren't necessarily the issue. It's everything that it brings up inside you. All the emotional needs that aren't being met. And, yeah, I would have loved... I don't know. I would say I would have loved to have been in a position that I would have said, wow, you bought me those roses? Wow, that was a lot of money. We could make a million dollars a year, and I wouldn't say that because I would still see that as a waste of money. So it's not the amount of money you make. It's your appreciation or whatever. What need it fills. Yeah. I will, I will tell you, having to watch my dad go through that phase of his life, there's not much harder things to have to watch than to watch your dad find out stuff about his wife and my mom that he had no clue of. He went through rage, he went through, guilt. what have I done, guilt, still has the guilt. Still has the guilt. It's been 20-some years. Still has 23 the guilt. 23 years. So from a marriage relationship frame of mind, we have those hidden things between us. They hurt when they come out in ways that are not good. And in my case, or in his case, it took my mom passing for him to find all that stuff. Even though it was there. Now maybe he was kind of doing it like this. I don't want to see it. I know there's stuff out there, but I just don't want to know. Well, and she didn't want to hear it, so she didn't discuss it with him. Yeah, they didn't talk about it. There were a lot of issues, but... They weren't open to talking about things. Yeah. So anyways. Um, next, approval. We've kind of already beat this a little bit, but... How does your spouse feel like I'm only worth, or does your spouse feel like I'm only worth what I can provide? I'm only good for my paycheck, or she's only good for the money she brings into the house through her job, or you're only good because you do the dishes and take care of the laundry. I mean, Mark 1.11, then a voice came from heaven, you are my son who I love. With you, I am well pleased. That's the perfect example of approval. It had nothing to do with what he what, what he did. It was solely based on what he was. So our next one, attention. Do you show more attention to your spouse or to your stuff? To quote the line from Jerry Maguire, show me the money. Is that how we live? <clears throat> Show me the stuff. I want the new truck. I want the new watch. I want what. That's how I base my self worth on. That's how we're 
<laughs> you just put a mirror in front of us. Thanks a lot. <laughs> All right, I've been looking in that mirror for a while now. It's difficult. I mean, it it's really difficult. is, you know, it's a difficult thing to deal with because we are we live in a society where stuff is in our faces all the time. You watch TV, you drive down the road, it's everywhere, and it gets in the way of relationships, and it gets in the in between a marriage. I'm looking up. Next verse. Go ahead. So comfort. Is it easier to throw money at a situation rather than getting involved? <laughs> well, I mean, think about it. Um, I can't think of it. The only good example I can think of was when our washing machine broke. It was easier. For, it would, would have been easier to just go buy a new washing machine. We didn't have the money for it. So I figured out how to take it apart. Found the broken part. Went down to the store, bought the part, put it back together. Got another 10 years out of that washing machine. Actually, it was five years because you did it again. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Took that machine a lot apart a lot. But, but both times it cost us But both times it cost us 20 bucks or 100 bucks and a couple of evenings versus Going eight or $900 down. on a credit card or a payment plan. And, you know, so it was inconvenient. It was hard. I didn't know what I was doing. Cut myself a few times, had the wounds to show for it, but we stayed within our budget, we lived within our means, and it worked. Uh, Joe? I, I, I like what you guys are doing with the relational needs because I think many times rather than looking to someone else for relational needs, to meet our relational needs, we look for material things to meet the relational needs, like comfort, right? So. How many times when we're in an area that we need comfort rather than looking, expressing that to our spouse that we need comfort and what that looks like to us, right? We find comfort at the end of a credit card or at the end of a gallon of ice cream or on a TV or at the mall or at the new car, you know. Yeah, the, the you know, show dealership. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. I don't think that we ever look at things that deeply because well, we get to a place we go, well, you know, I want, I want, I want. And it's one thing if you really want it without an emotional attachment to it. From the standpoint is, okay, I could take it or leave it. It'd be great to have it, but if I don't have it, that's okay. I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not worried about it. I'll live. I'll go on. You know, versus where, when that drive starts beginning to like, I've got to really have this thing. And I'm not okay. I'm yeah. not adequate. Not I'm not still myself without that thing. Yeah. Right? Then that's a big indicator that those things that we're looking for for comfort are really trying to meet a deeper, as you guys were saying, a deeper emotional need. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times what happens is you get that quick thing, right? And very quickly down the road, you realize that that emotional need wasn't satisfied. Yeah. Right. It's like oh, you're people, on to the next thing. Yeah. It's like people go on the car lot and they see this car and I've always dreamed about this car and blah 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 and they buy this car and they have a seven hundred dollar note, mm -hmm. right? And when a that month. first payment yeah. comes, all of a sudden, right? Oh, what did I do? It's like what do I do? You know, what have I done? I've yeah. got this for seven years now. 
Yeah. Right? And then now it's on to another thing, because that very same person doesn't stop there. No. Right? Never then it's nothing. the new furniture. Then it's the new couch. Then it's the new shoes. Then it's the, you know, the vacation all on the credit card. Well, we can see, as a society, we see it as the person that turns to alcohol for, to drown their mm -hmm. to drown their sorrows mm -hmm. or turns to drugs. We totally get that, but we don't acknowledge it when it's the go shopping mm -hmm. or the gallon of ice cream or the binge watching TV and sitting on the couch all day and doing nothing. We don't acknowledge those things, but we see the we see the couple extreme situations, but we don't acknowledge the other stuff. I was just gonna say, I that's one thing. Is when I know I'm depressed or I know I'm feeling lonely or whatever, I can go out shopping. As soon as I start buying things, then I feel okay. Yeah. Just getting out. And, and how then you I get feel? Home and then I get all remorseful. Not <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. There you go. I can take it back. And I could have bought this and this and this for the kids instead of me. And then that's usually what happens. Yeah. yeah. What about? But I think it just came from as a kid though. My mom, that was her way of showing yeah. her love. Mm -hmm. Always buying me things. And I would tell her, I don't need to stop blaming you. Right, exactly. So when I get lonely, mm -hmm. that's the only way I, I think sometimes that I know how to do it. Mm -hmm. It's just like, okay, well, when I got stuck, it was okay, but I'd rather have somebody with me to go yeah. walk around shopping. That's what I want, than just the interaction with someone else. Yeah, spending the and time. There are, and there are people out there, not many, I'm sure, but there are people out there. They can get together with their girlfriend or their buddy or whatever and go spend a day looking at cars and never buy a thing, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but have that bond with their buddy mm -hmm. looking at all these There's whatevers mm -hmm. or their girlfriend out looking and doing, spend all day at the mall, but not buy anything. Mm -hmm. And that fills that need. Exactly. That if fills the need for the comfort. Yeah. Right. If I had someone with me, but if I'm by myself, then that's what I buy. Girl, call me. I need to walk. <laughs> <laughs> you let me know. Me all day long. <laughs> um, so comfort. Second Corinthians one three through four. Praise be to the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we receive we ourselves receive from God. Um, I need to put that on my mirror every morning. And you, and you notice it's relational. Yeah. It's relational. It's very relational. Right. You it's, take that and you pass it on to others. Very, yeah. It's yeah. very relational. It's very relational. So I was just thinking back to the roses. That was, that was a boundary that you did. That was a boundary. Is that true? That was a boundary? Sort of? For me, a lot of things are financial. If it's not, well, I can relate to that. If I'm it's, thinking that was, I guess I didn't look at it as a boundary. Uh -oh. It very well could have been. Um, for me, it's like I said, if we don't have the money, I don't want to do it. I can't enjoy it. If I can't pay for something, I don't enjoy it. I have to have that financial plan to be like, okay. I mean, when we had one income and we couldn't afford a new washer and dryer, but we went out and bought it anyway, I had to have that financial plan. Okay, they gave me that credit card for one year with 0% interest. We can afford that $120 a month for a year, and it's paid off in that year. I mean, I had to make sure, you know, that I that I did that. 
you know, we like I said, we've done a lot of Dave Ramsey stuff, and he would have told me to go buy a used washing machine that I could have afforded for 200 bucks. I didn't think that way back then, but I did think of, I, I need to make sure that we can afford this and that we're not going to lose our home over a washing machine. Because things it, were literally it that fed, high. It, fed, it feeds her security. Yes. We've joked for a long time. She could have a million dollars in cash sitting in a bank account somewhere. And if I didn't have a paycheck coming in next month, she would be freaking out. <laughs> so when I was doing real estate and selling houses, there were times where I went two, three, four months without a paycheck coming in. wasn't because I wasn't working. It wasn't because I didn't have deals working on. But sometimes it took a year for that client to find a house. And we'd written 30 offers before we finally get one to go. And then it's 45 days for escrow and everything else. So million dollars in cash sitting in the bank account and no escrow's closing this month? We're living on rice and beans. She's freaking out. <laughs> Me? That's good. But I didn't know that. And I didn't quanta I didn't acknowledge that until we were already into it. And then it became a big problem. Just to clarify, we never had a million dollars. Yeah, we've never. Had so, <laughs> I keep telling him to test me on that yeah. one, and then I'll let him know if it's still true. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good question. Well, I was just saying, I, I I love the way that you know, hearing you guys' story from where you came and where you are now, is that the way that you're finding a balance, and I think that especially in that, I think you guys have found the balance from the standpoint of. You know, knowing Anne is not like she she wouldn't want to do something that's nice in life. She just has to make sure that it's paid for. She's not going to do it with debt, yeah. right? And so there, there's a there's a there's a nice balance that you guys are 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 holding to because I think we've all heard stories of you know people you've gone into a rundown rat infested house and this guy has died and he's dressed like a pauper. And they go through his house and they pull up his mattress, mm -hmm. and he had 1.5 million yeah. there, right? Mm -hmm. So there's there's the other part of that yes. where, and especially if we had you know grandparents and stuff that came through okay. the Great Depression, yeah. right? That's very much their mindset is that you know they can have half a million dollars in the bank, but you never know the, from that standpoint, you never fail. you never know, and so. They've, yeah. they've watched it, but they've gotten to the point where, you know, they've never really even been able to enjoy some of the basics in life because they were, because of that mindset. Yeah. So I'm just saying that that's the frugality mm -hmm. definitely you want to have. And the, well, there's a balance. The, You're saying there's a there's balance. There's a balance. There's a balance. Exactly. To it. There's a balance. Um, you know, we joke, we joke amongst ourselves and with friends and stuff a lot that if it was the two of us, Again, I think we said this on the first day, but I'd have a whole bunch of stuff and no money. She'd have a whole bunch of money and not do much. You know, <laughs> she'd be the guy. She wouldn't be that guy, but she'd be living very freely with a big stack of cash socked away, so she could feel comfortable that way. Um, we've had, and we've that's something that that I don't want to say compromise, but coming to that agreement. Um, is something that we've kind of battled through to get to. Uh, we took a cruise a couple of years, 10 years ago maybe now, and uh, my grandmother passed away on my mom's side. She was the last one. And 
So we had, I had a small inheritance coming to me uh, that would have gone to my mom, but she had already passed. So my sister and I were splitting that. And I don't remember what it was. It wasn't a huge amount of money, but it was some. And, I was, and it was coming out of an annuity that she had. So it was a monthly check. I was going to get it for a year. We took this cruise. We paid for the cruise. Well, on the cruise, they have excursions you can go do. We, I wanted to go do this one zip lining thing. It sounded really good. The kids were at the right age. Um, it was going to be like 500 bucks to go on this thing. And she's like, we don't have it. I'm like, yeah, we do. We have the inheritance coming in, and we know it's coming in. We can take that money, and instead of paying off the car, one month sooner, we can do this. And she agreed. We had a great time. But it was coming to that agreement. It was discussing those things. It was acknowledging those emotional needs. I didn't realize that's what we were doing at the time, but that's what we did. And that's what we all need to do in, those, in that situation is have that time where, okay, what are you feeling? What's going through your head? I know how, I'm learning how you think, so here's the plan. And that's what she wanted. She wanted me to have a plan, because I never had a plan. So I, oh, I got money, let's go. <laughs> well, I don't have any money, sorry, I'm sitting tight. That's not, that's how I lived. But, but for her, that was a huge emotional gift to you. It was. Because I was out of her comfort zone that she gave to you. I Way think. out of her comfort zone. And we had a great time. And that's why we balance each other. If we were both like spenders, <laughs> we would not be here today. You know, if we were both savers, we'd be boring. So <laughs> So the next one real quick to try and get through some of these uh, is encouragement. When things go sideways or get tough, are you there to help your mate? I don't mean to pick on you, but best friends, so I can little leeway. When you lose, when you lose your job, is your wife there to help you and encourage you? When you hate your job, like my wife, my poor wife does at the moment, are you there to encourage her? Are you there to help her make that decision? Um, things going sideways isn't always losing a job hating your job. Sometimes it's car breaking down or a car accident. Those can be just as detrimental. You know, if you had a car and you owed a bunch of money on that car and it just got destroyed, the insurance company isn't going to pay off your note. They have no care in the world what your note is. They're going to give you what they think your car is worth. And if you owe more on that car than it's worth, which is pretty common, you're now you owe, you still have that payment to make. What do you do? Um, Hebrews 10, 24. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Um, next one's respect. Can I read through them? Sure. Uh, do you honor your mate's financial ideas, goals, plans? Do you even know your mate's financial goals, ideas, and plans? I'll admit we didn't know them when we got married. I don't think we had one, but I know I didn't. She did. We were 20. Yeah, I know. We didn't have much of a plan for anything. Normally, we were in love and we wanted to get married, and that was it. Um, but Romans 12:10, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. We put our spouses and our mates' needs financially above what we need. Uh, this was big for her. Security and peace. Are we living paycheck to paycheck? 
do we need to live paycheck to paycheck? If we, this is a big Dave Ramsey thing, and I'm not sure I'm willing to do it, but you have that car with that $700 a month car payment, sell it. You don't need it. Go buy a car you can afford. Then save your money, and then go buy that big car you wanted, if you still want it at that point. I'm not sure I would be willing to make that sacrifice, but, you know, <laughs> you it's a big Dave Ramsey thing. Um, so, kind of the time. Yeah, do you want to go into the exercise? Almost out of time. So go ahead, you start this. I took them. I'm like, where'd they go? Okay, so we actually have something just to finish this off here to help you guys uh, with your discussions this week at home. Um, for those of you who are not married, if you just find a same-sex friend to maybe discuss these with, um, we thought these were pretty interesting to help with the discussions at home. So the first one, you know, story. They, it's called the story talk. In my house growing up, money was. And this is just to help you understand your spouse and where they came from. So there are some lessons that we want to continue and others that we want to unlearn. Everybody got one? Everybody got one? I got one. Okay. So the social talk, one of the things that I am grateful for that you probably don't know is, uh, the third one is, my greatest, my greatest financial fear is, and I don't know that Dave and I really ever totally talked about that one early on in our marriage. He knows what they are now, but he didn't know then. Um, so since with fear... It can cause one to have a secret account or credit card. Fear can be paralyzing. We can have the fear of a lack of influence on our money or a fear of lack of respect. So there's lots of things that go on with that. And then the next one, the dream talk. One of my biggest dreams is uh, we have a fear of not realizing our dreams. These can dictate our money decisions. And I know for us, we've had some of those discussions because you know we haven't been on the same page on some of those. So. Um, the giving talk. So being able to to give as a team is very crucial. This is contagious and spills into other areas of your life and can actually help you even serve your spouse better when you're giving. So are you more calculated or emotionally led when it comes to your giving? Um, this comes from, uh, does it say where this comes from? Rachel Cruz. Rachel Cruz is actually Dave Ramsey's daughter. Um, she said in their relationship, <laughs> She's kind of an emotional giver, and she'd give to any cause for any reason. Just give, 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 give. And her husband's like, no, we're going to be calculated. We're going to research where we're giving the money, and we have a certain percentage. And he looks into it as much as he does their investments. So, you know, where are you going to fall as far as your agreement is for giving? Um, and then the grace talk. We've all made money mistakes. No one's perfect. And you're going to continue to make money mistakes. So um, too many rules, it becomes legalistic. At the same time, you don't want to dismiss bad behavior that becomes enabling. So when I make a money mistake, I love it when you do what? So that you know you guys can hold each other accountable. So we found this, we thought that was a pretty great way to start some, some money talks and hopefully you meet some emotional needs with that. As a, as a, as a married couple, this is definitely a team thing. It's not designed to be a... You versus me. me. You versus me. We did the you versus me. It doesn't really work out very well. Um, I'm sure some of you have tried that. Um, 
The uh, the little money blogs that Rachel Cruz puts out are, are really interesting. Uh, they're all very real life. Um, she's similar to her dad, Mr. Dave Ramsey, but she is also very different. She brings a female perspective to it. She brings a young a young person's perspective to it. Um, so if you get a chance to look at them, I highly recommend them. They're actually really good. Um, that it for today? It's time. Okay. Um, Joe, would you mind closing us in prayer? Sure. Father, we thank you for this time, and uh, we thank you for this talk. Um, Lord, the Bible mentions money more than really just about anything. And, Father, as the Bible talks, our, our money is really a, an indication of where our heart is. And so, Father, um, we just, as we go through this time and we think about um, money and our finances and we think about our spouse, Lord, Father, we give these things over to you. For Father, um, the Bible says that everything in the earth is the Lord's. And so, Father, that means that you are the one um, that owns everything, the things that you give us. Um, Lord, you own. And so, Lord, when we give back to you, it's just uh, a matter of acknowledging who you are in our finances. And so, Father, I just pray this week as we go and have these talks, uh, Lord, whether it's one-on-one -on -one with you or a spouse or, or a friend, Lord, that we would begin to look at money deeper, that we would begin to look at it, Lord, from a relational and an emotional standpoint. For Father, uh, we want to be good stewards of what you've given us. We want to be good stewards and we want to be able to accomplish the things that you have brought us to the earth to do. So we thank you for Ann and Dave. We thank you for this teaching. Father, we pray that it would um, sit with us, that we would meditate and go through it uh, through this week and we would ask that your holy spirit would lead us father and change us you say that your mercies are new every morning so father we may not have been good savers in the past but we could change that we may not have been good stewards of money lord but we can change that for every day is a new day and a new opportunity to walk into the things that you have called us to do we thank you and we bless you we love you and we uh we give you all these things in jesus name Amen. Amen. Amen.